program. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Is there any specific precondition given for the coming of Messiah? That's the interesting question before us here today on Viewpoint. Is there any single issue, single item, that we know, actually not only from the Bible, from the mouth of Jesus himself, that indicates the precondition, the number one overarching precondition to his coming? That's the question before us here on on Viewpoint today, and uh, I wonder, what is your answer? Do you have an answer? Let's give a pregnant moment here, uh, an opportunity for you to consider it, to think about it. Now, while you're considering it, I want to take you back about 15 years to an incident that occurred in San Francisco. It's one of the most amazing incidents uh, incidences, I think, and uh, really caught my attention and caught the attention of uh, many people. It occurred in a church or around the front of a church in San Francisco, I believe it was on a Wednesday evening. The people were gathered in the church uh, for purposes of, I guess, Wednesday evening Bible study and prayer and so on. But outside, on the steps of the church, is what caught the attention. There was a gathering of homosexual men outside. I don't know how many there were, but there were quite a few of them. And here's what they were doing. They were screaming out, we want your children. We want your children banging on the front door, screaming, we want your children. Now, interestingly, the representative of the San Francisco Police Department happened to be there and did absolutely nothing about it. Absolutely nothing about it. We want your children. Friends, nothing has changed. In fact, those words as dramatic as they were, are an expression of virtually the fullness of the pressure of our society today, not just in America, but all over the world. We want your children. And so today on Viewpoint, we take a look at, well, perhaps one illustration of this, monkeypox and the Messiah. Now, I don't want to trivialize Messiah because of monkeypox, but there is actually a connection here, and it has sort of a ring to it, doesn't it? Monkeypox and the Messiah. And so hang in there, because we're going to connect the dots here on Viewpoint, as we always do. Our failure to connect the dots is what brings us into terrible problems as professing Christians, And uh, as Americans, uh, we just find it very, very difficult 
to connect the dots in a meaningful way. But let's start with the words of Jesus. We're going to go to the words of Jesus from Luke chapter 17. He's talking about the end of the age. He's talking about the time immediately uh, preceding his second coming. And here's what he said. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. Now, Jesus used the term Son of Man because he actually did not want the people generally to recognize him as Messiah just by an announcement. He wanted it to come from the heart. He wanted them to realize what the Messiah really was, who he was, why he was who he was, and he didn't want to come from an announcement. We talked about that the other day here on Viewpoint. So here he is saying, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also in the days of the Son of Man. Now what was that like? Well, business as usual. They were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. And God closed the door of the ark. God closed the door of the ark. Not man, not Noah. God did it. Now, here's what we really need to focus on today. Jesus said, likewise also. In the same way, as it was in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. The Son of Man. Jesus, he referred to himself, Messiah referred to himself as the Son of Man. Yes, he was the Son of God, but he wanted people to recognize that, not because of an announcement, not even because of miracles, but because of the testimony deep in their heart that he was, in fact, the Word, the the truth, and the life, and that no man would come to the Father but through him. He wanted that to come to the deep resonance of the mind and heart of the people. And that's why there were a very, very few remnant, a very small remnant, after all of Jesus' ministry, three and a half years, who actually came to that conviction. And it's going to be the same today. A remnant, a very small remnant. But today we focus in particular on the days of Lot. Why did Jesus mention the days of Lot? Was the problem with Lot? No, the problem was not with Lot. The problem was with the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. There's a reason why homosexuals historically have been called Sodomites. Because of Sodom. Because of the nature of what was happening there in Sodom and Gomorrah. Jesus made no bones about it. 
when Lot was taken out of Sodom by the angels as a demonstration of God's mercy and compassion on him, knowing that he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of their, what? Because of their sexual immorality, their sexual promiscuity, he was going to destroy it. But why? Why would God be so intent on destroying a city or a region for their sexual promiscuity? Would you like to know why? Wait till after this break and we'll talk about it. Because it has everything to do, yes, even with monkeypox. And with the STDs that are spreading around the world. As it was in the days of Lot. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Lot was pictured as a righteous man in the Bible. In fact, in the New Testament, I believe it was the Apostle Peter who referred to him as that righteous man, Lot. But what was it about Lot? Maybe we need to take a look at Lot. Because Lot was like American Christians today. You got that right. When Lot came alongside Abraham, leaving Ur of the Chaldees, leaving Haran, and then their respective uh, shepherds and so on, uh, began to compete. They began to compete over water, over wells and so on. So Abraham said to his nephew Lot, look, our various family units here, cannot handle the same piece of land. It's just too much now. So I'll tell you what, Lot. You decide whether to go over there or stay here. Now, over there happened to be Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible says that Lot lifted up his eyes toward Sodom and Gomorrah, and he saw from his viewpoint, you see, Sodom and Gomorrah looked like a great place. Oh, it was the happening place. And indeed, it looked well watered like the land of Egypt and so on. So he says, look, I, I choose Sodom. So the Bible says this, Lot pitched his tent toward Sodom. Now, when you pitch your tent toward a particular place, that means you're heading in that direction. It's a phrase used to describe the intent of your mind and your heart. That's the direction you are setting for yourself. He pitched his tent toward Sodom. 
Now, the Bible doesn't say everything that he knew about Sodom and Gomorrah, but he had a very favorable impression of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so he chose to go that way. And Abraham remained yet before the Lord. You can read about it in the book of Genesis. Abraham remained yet before the Lord, and God revealed to Abraham that he was going to mess with Sodom and Gomorrah in a deep, deep way. Of course, this is some time after Lot has gone to Sodom and Gomorrah, and he's got two daughters there, and uh, his wife and his daughters have a couple of, uh, they're either engaged or married, and so he's been there a while. And God reveals to Abraham that he's not happy with what's going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. Not happy at all. Now, why is it that God wasn't happy with what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah? That's the question we were left with as we waited for the break. The reason is very simple. Because what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah was a direct and open defiance and conflict of God's created order. You understand what was just said? In other words, homosexuality, the practice of homosexuality, same-sex this, same-sex that, and promiscuity, sexual promiscuity, are open and notorious attacks upon the very creation ordinance of God. First of all, you can't be fruitful and multiply as a sodomizer. So it defeats the purpose of the sexual union. Secondly, it's an affront to God himself as the creator and his whole purpose and instructions to humankind. This was an egregious thing to God. So egregious that history itself records what happened as one of the worst examples of, uh, shall we say, catastrophe ever in the history of the world. The destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, does that sound to you like it would be significant to God then? And if that was significant to God then, then 4,000 years later, when Jesus shows up on the scene, or however long it was, three, 4,000 years later, Jesus as Messiah, being God the Father, full of grace and truth, revealed that just before his second coming, just before the appearance of the Son of Man as Messiah, it would be just like it was in the days of Lot. Wow. So the very day that God in his mercy and as a result of the prayers of Abraham who pleaded with God not to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. What if there are just 50 people there <coughs> that are righteous? Would you, would you destroy the city for 50? Uh, no, I'll tell you what. I won't destroy the city for 50. Well, how about 40? So Abraham negotiated before God. Now the reality is, in Abraham's mind and heart, I can almost guarantee you, he 
knew what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. And it wasn't pretty. But he still pleaded before God for his nephew and his nieces, grandnieces or whatever they were, and the people. He stood yet before the Lord and pleaded. He said, well, how about if there are 30 righteous? Then he got down to 20. How about if there's 20 righteous? Will you, will you spare the city? God says, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll spare the city. So Abraham got very bold and he said, well, now, please, please be patient with me, Lord, but how about if there were 10 righteous? Now, I want you to think about this. You had Lot, his wife, his two daughters, and then their two either husbands or uh, fiancés. That's a total of six people. So now Abraham is getting down to the wire with God. And God said, I'll tell you what, you know what? If I find even 10 righteous there, I won't destroy the city. Why did God say that? Because he knew there weren't even 10 righteous there. The problem was not with Abraham. The problem was with with, with was with Sodom and Gomorrah and the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah where Lot has pitched his tent toward them somewhere, say, 25, 30 years earlier. And now it's all going to come apart. So Jesus says in Luke chapter 17, as it was in the days of Lot, just like they were business as usual, and the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. And so shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, what is the day when the Son of Man is revealed? It's the second coming. It's the unveiling of Messiah. Until then, Messiah is veiled, has always been veiled. Now you can begin to understand perhaps why my new book that just is coming out, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, was written. It was written not because of Sodom and Gomorrah. It was written because there must be an unveiling because Messiah is veiled. He's veiled for the Jewish people. He's veiled for the majority of professing Christians. As you will find when you read the book, Messiah Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. So I urge you to seriously consider getting a copy of the book. And the earlier the better, because time is marching on. This was written for our time. First, Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter, and then Messiah, because there's going to be this massive competition. And the majority are not going to reveal, they're not going to embrace Messiah. They just aren't. That's why the warnings of Scripture. So get a copy of the book, Messiah, $22, on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org, ORG, or give us a call, 
1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Now, if you get Antichrist and Messiah at the same time, then each one of us is $22, but it will be just a total of $7 postage and handling. And uh, you could do that. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us, and uh, we'll get those books in your hand. And time is running out, friends. Whether you realize it or not, time is running out. I mean, even the politicians say we're at, what, five minutes to midnight? All right, so we want to shift now to get very specific about this matter of Sodom and Gomorrah and the homosexuals 15 years ago that screamed at a San Francisco church, we want your children. What is that all about, and why does that reveal that we are in the immediate season before the unveiling of the Messiah? It is the specific precondition that Jesus himself stated. So is it related to monkeypox? Well, indeed, it is related to monkeypox. Not just to monkeypox. Monkeypox just happens to be the latest iteration of the consequences of sodomizing, the practice of homosexuality, promiscuity, all of the things that Jesus was talking about and that God responded to Sodom and Gomorrah for destruction with. Here's the latest from CNN. Monkeypox on the rise in the LGBTQ community. It's not on the rise anywhere else. It's only on the rise in the LGBTQ community. What, what community is that? Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual, queer, and on and on it goes. Does that sound like a community of righteousness? Does that sound like a community that would be uh, waiting for Messiah? I don't think so. CNN says the latest outbreak of this virus is predominantly spreading among gay and bisexual men. The most of the people affected reported some level of sexual activity. Now, here's what's interesting about it. CNN and other medical folk don't want you to believe that this is a sexually promoted or transmitted disease. They say so. Here are the words. That doesn't mean the virus is sexually transmitted. However, officials say it does show that prolonged skin-to-skin contact, contact is one of the major ways monkeypox is now spreading. One of the major ways? Or they don't want to talk about the sodomizing behavior of the men, homosexual and bisexual. They don't want to mention that. It's unmentionable. Why is it unmentionable? Because it goes to the very heart of revealing the gravity of the behavior that puts them in the position historically of Sodom and Gomorrah.
Don't want to do that. That goes against all current, modern, uh, politically correct or incorrect thinking. Now, <clears throat> the pool in which these uh, people are of higher risk are men who have sex with men, says CNN. Particularly those who have had multiple sexual partners in the past two weeks in an area with known monkeypox cases. Symptoms usually start within three weeks of exposure. It triggers a rash with lesions that can be extremely painful. And it goes from there. Oh, wait till you see what it looks like. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. Monkeypox and Messiah. Is the existence now of monkeypox one more testimony that Messiah is on his way? I don't want to trivialize Messiah by too much exposure with monkeypox. Monkeypox just happens to be one more expression of a sexually transmitted disease or virus but it also is revealing the connectivity with the very people group that Jesus warned about in Luke chapter 17 as it was in the days of Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah. So it's going to be just before the coming of the Son of Man, the term that Jesus used to refer to himself as Messiah. Scientists are still studying <coughs> how monkeypox is spreading in this outbreak, but they say people don't seem to be getting sick after, say, walking past someone or giving them a hug and brushing past. If it's a hug that doesn't necessarily include a shirt, there's a theoretical risk of transmission, but that's not what we're hearing in terms of what's happening with our cases, say the doctors. So that's lower risk. Not zero risk, but lower risk. It's longer contact that seems to be responsible for most cases. How long? Well, they can't say. In fact, they don't want to say. A circuit party, a large dance party that can attract thousands of men and last through a night or a weekend could be one way the virus spreads. It's not could be, it is, friends. 
They just don't want to say it. In enclosed spaces such as back rooms, saunas, or sex clubs, or at sex parties where there's often anonymous contact with multiple partners, there may be a higher likelihood of spreading monkeypox, says the CDC. No, there may not be a higher, there is a higher likelihood. A vaccine isn't going to protect you from monkeypox any more than the vaccine protected you from COVID. It's all a game. An effort to try to protect against admitting the truth. I have in my hands a picture. It's a picture of a German man. His nose nearly rots off from monkeypox. He also had advanced syphilis and HIV. He just didn't know it. But it's an unbelievable picture, a 40-year-old German monkeypox patient whose nose began to rot off after he caught the disease. He told doctors he had never been tested for sexually transmitted infection. So there he was celebrating diversity like a champ. And now his nose is partially rotted off. And heaven knows how he passed along HIV, syphilis, and monkeypox along the way. Meanwhile, in New Orleans, going ahead with its big Labor Day weekend Southern Decadence Festival, an LGBT event that draws 275,000 people to the French Quarter for six days of sex, dancing, and debauchery. Decadence was canceled the past two years because of COVID, but not over monkeypox, even though it is a super spreader event. A writer says, I will never be able to understand the death wish of a culture in which a man like the anonymous German exists whose nose is just rotting off his face. There's more that we could talk about in that regard, but we don't want to overemphasize the monkeypox. The monkeypox is merely an expression or symptom of that which God said was going to take place on the children of disobedience. If you read about it in Romans chapter 1, you will find words, as Paul describes these end times, that though they know God, they refuse to glorify him as God. And because of that, their foolish minds and hearts become darkened. And then they become as fools. In other words, they cannot and refuse to recognize truth for what it is. Even if it's killing them. Can't do it. Because we've embraced the lie contrary to the Creator rather than the Creator's truth. So we're just not going to admit 
the reality of what's actually taking place. So the Bible says, goes on, and I kind of summarize it there in Romans chapter 1, that over a period of time, God gives them over to a reprobate mind. And as a result of that reprobate mind, they begin to do things that the Bible says are unseemly. In other words, that are totally contrary to God's word, his will, and his ways. Now, he's talking specifically about sexual promiscuity. Because he says, men doing that which men, which things that are unseemly. Women with women, the, the, the wrong use of the woman. Then the Bible goes on to say further that they receive in their bodies the recompense of the reward that was due them. Sounds like monkeypox to me. Sounds like HIV to me. But nobody wants to admit that, even in our churches. Why don't we want to admit it? Because, friends, we're like Lot. We've pitched our tents toward Sodom to favor Sodom, to favor sodomizing thinking, to favor sexual promiscuity, to favor behavior and attitudes that are radically contrary to the word, the will, and the ways of the Creator Himself. So we are actually siding with the culture, a godless culture, against God Himself. Now, let's used to think that's an overstatement. As you wrap up Romans chapter 1, Paul makes it very plain that it's not just who those who do those things. In other words, not just those who are engaging in sexual promiscuity, sodom, uh, sodomizing behavior, lesbianism, transgenderism, bisexualism, uh, queers, whatever it is. <coughs> it's not just those, but it's those who approve them. In other words, who are coming alongside and saying, okay, well, um, we're not going to resist that. In other words, we're going to be just like Sodom. We're going to be just like Lot who pitched his tent toward Sodom. So Jesus says, this is going to be the number one observable condition of the world before he returns. I have in my hands right now the Global Health uh, Report, Data of Science Initiative, Monkeypox 2022 Global Epidemiology Report, and uh, detected now in 103 countries, 96 confirming transmission, seven countries continuing to have suspected cases only, 31 cases, countries having discarded cases that were suspected, and uh, on and on it goes. This is a seven-page report. And guess which country has the most confirmed cases? The country that claims to be under God? Which country is that? The United States of America. That has become Sodom and Gomorrah. 12,636 confirmed cases in the United States. 
That's two and a half times the second highest number, which is in Spain, that was the epicenter of the breakout of monkeypox. What is that saying about our country? Are we redeemable? Abraham pleaded with God for Sodom. He said, what if there are ten righteous? And he couldn't find even ten. And destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Has America become a modern Sodom and Gomorrah? Even our churches are affirming it. The latest being the uh, Episcopal Church. Just a week or two ago. Unbelievable. Open, defiant. Again, the title of the program is Monkeypox and the Messiah. On the other hand, it's not just monkeypox. We don't want to demean Messiah's coming by using the term monkeypox. It just happens to have a ring to it (coughs) that shows where we really are right now and how even the medical establishment does not want to admit the truth of monkeypox. But I'll tell you one thing. If you see the pictures of those who have gotten monkeypox, my goodness, it ain't pretty. It ain't pretty. Is this part of the manifestation of bearing the recompense of the reward for the massive defiant behavior against the God of creation? You might want to get a copy of the book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Really? This is a very, very important book to help us to understand the reality of what things are going to be like just before Messiah returns. $22 on our website, saveus.org. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. The highest rates of sexually transmitted diseases, STDs, are in Africa. I have the World Population Review report, STD rates in country, uh, country by country in 2022. Now, interestingly, 
If you look at what's happening in America, you will find that by far the majority of STDs and HIV and so on occur in the black community. Now, I know it wouldn't be popular to say this, but it is true. The question is, why is it true? Why is it true? Is it possible that whether we like it or not, the black community has given themselves over to fornication, to promiscuity, to sexually transmitted diseases, And it doesn't matter. It's almost like a badge of honor. You heard that correctly. It's almost like a badge of honor. And it's destroying the black family. I urge you to go to our website, saveus.org, and take a look at the fact sheet called A Portrait of the Black Family. You will read... See there the most painful reality. And all of the statistics and the comments are coming not from white folk, but from black folk. This is a serious problem. It's decimating the black community. And yet, George Gallup said that the black community was the most religious in the country. Does that mean that the people group that seems to be the most religious in the country is also the most defiant of God's creation ordinance and actually conducting themselves like Sodom and Gomorrah with impunity, not expecting the recompense of the reward in their own lives and behavior? This is not a racial comment, friends has nothing to do with race. It has to do with righteousness. God honors righteousness, not racial proclivities. Where does the United States stand with regard to STDs? The United States has some of the highest STD rates in the developed world. Remember, this is the country that claims to be under God, that claims self-righteously to have an unusual stand before God, and God wouldn't touch us because we're America. Well, if God wouldn't touch us because we're America, and we have some of the highest STD rates in the developed world, including monkeypox, then why is it God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? (coughs) Weren't they pretty special? The United States has a gonorrhea rate of 123,000, 123 per 100,000 people, the highest in the developed world. The U.S. also posted the third highest rate of chlamydia, 475 per 100,000 people. That increased to 525 per 1,000 in 2019. 
STD rates increase in the United States for many reasons, including decreased condom use among vulnerable groups, such as young people and men who partner sexually with other men. Interestingly, in 2019, the states with the highest STD rates were Mississippi and Alabama. And Louisiana. What is it about those states that have a unique uh, demographic? It's that they are heavily African-American or black. And so I have right now the record, the STD rates of countries, all countries, For 2022, the U.S., way up there, way up there, and yet claiming to be a nation under God. If God, I'm remembering the statement of Ruth Graham. Remember that? She said, if God fails to judge America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, we're not through yet. We're not through yet. This came from blackchristiannews.com. The report says that 40% of Catholic priests are homosexual or bisexual. 40%. Nearly half, 48% of the 300 who participated in this uh, project were lay Catholics, 22% were nuns, 16% were priests, 6% were men in formation for priesthood. More than two-thirds of their responses from priests came from those educated in Jesuit institutions. What is this saying about the Roman Catholic Church? Are they just a few bad apples and everybody else is sort of innocent? Or in reality, has the Roman Catholic Church pitched its tent towards Sodom for a very long time? And if that be true, then where do things stand with regard to the coming of Messiah in and among the Roman Catholic Church? Nearly half, 49% of the priest respondents and 73% of those in formation said they were told repression or sublimation were strategies for dealing with their sexuality. The number increases to 83% among non-Jesuit educated priests. 70% of those in formation for priests and 51% of the priests said it was difficult to talk about their sexuality. In other words, the Roman Catholic Church, by its own orders and precepts that were not part of the church that Jesus developed, that the apostles developed, 
No, these were things that were created by Roman Catholic priests and popes. They have created an environment of sodomy, which exactly is the situation that Jesus said would immediately precede his second coming. What are these things telling us, friends? That the time is very short? Indeed it is. The time is very short. But they're also telling us that there's something about our own lives and what we have embraced as a culture, as a given within the culture, is actually setting the stage the number one stage that Jesus said would immediately precede his second coming. Open, notorious defiance against the creation ordinance of God through sexual promiscuity and practices. Now, you may not like to hear this. You may have a friend, you may have a relative, you may have a pastor, you may have this, that, or the other. It's involved in practicing these things. Doesn't matter. How great is the pull <coughs> for such a thing? Well, here's what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. When the angels, the two angels that God sent to pull Sodom, to pull Lot and his family out of Sodom, when they came, they grabbed Lot and his wife and his daughters, and they said, whatever you do, don't turn back. Do not turn back. Why? Because the act of turning back revealed the heart that was akin to Sodom and Gomorrah. However, Lot's daughters appear to have been married, perhaps engaged, but married. Their husbands mocked them. They were so sold out to the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah that they refused to go with the angels and with their own wives. In other words, they manifested exactly the same spirit that we find throughout the Western world, throughout America, and yes, even throughout the church, even in our evangelical churches that are increasingly taking a soft spot toward Sodom in order to try to, shall we say, uh, incur favor among the sodomizers. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way, friends. They want your children. And so the latest issue, an article, a long article from David Kupalian, the real reason transgender groomers are targeting America's children. Because the people that are doing the targeting themselves are so wicked 
so sold out to sexual promiscuity that they want, well, they say misery loves company. And so they get their jollies out of getting somebody else to the same wicked place that they are. (coughs) In other words, we want your children. There is no science whatsoever that supports the practice of homosexuality, sodomizing, transgenderism, bisexualism. There is no science whatsoever that supports those things. You have to create it out of whole cloth. That's what the Supreme Court did with abortion. There was no science and there was no law. That's why it was just overturned. But the people convinced themselves against all reality, against all truth, against science itself, that somehow you can become other than what you are. That is in terms of a male or a female. You see, in the beginning, God created them male and female. Male and female created he them, right? What about that don't we understand? And then he said, be fruitful and multiply. There is nothing about the LGBTQ and so on practice that allows anyone to be fruitful and multiply. It is an absolute rabid attack upon the very character and creation ordinance of God. That, my friends, is why Jesus said that the number one characteristic before his second coming would be as it was in the days of Lot. So, where do you stand on all these things? Don't answer too quickly. Because the spirit of this is spread like monkeypox. Thanks for joining us. Become a partner. Get a copy of the book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries. And somehow, let's prepare the way of the Lord. Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.